You're listening to Fuel Radio, inspiration and training to fuel your day. Now here's your host, Rod Jans. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today on Fuel Radio. Today, my guest is Paul Filiatro. Paul is a pharmacist with more than 35 years of clinical and administrative experience in hospital pharmacy settings. You'll hear in this interview about some of his experiences uh, as a pharmacist and in hospitals. For 10 years, he was a acute care surveyor. And while he did that, he traveled around. He had assignments in Alberta, all the way out to Nova Scotia, assessing the standards such as medicine, uh, sorry, medication management, ambulatory care, cancer care, critical care, long-term care, rehabilitation, and primary care in organizations of various sizes from small community hospitals to large province-wide health authorities. Throughout that time and throughout his professional career, Paul also did a lot of research into alternative medicine and ways of helping people because of, and again, as you'll hear in this interview, because of health challenges that he had in his own family and realizing that traditional medicine wasn't necessarily going to help. Uh, he's well-researched. I heard him speak and do a workshop a while back, and that's what prompted me to, to call Paul up and see if he would do an interview with me, because I just love what he had to say. And I'm sort of on the same track as him, too, as far as supplementation. So, yeah, it was. I just wanted to have a conversation with him and, and try to maybe even go a little bit deeper into why we need to supplement and what the benefits of that and how that can help improve our health. All right. Without further ado, here's Paul Filiatro. Okay, I'm here with Paul Filiatro. Paul is a, a longtime friend, and uh, we're going to talk about health today. Welcome to Fuel Radio, Paul. Thank you very much, Rod. It's uh, tremendous to be here. Paul was out on a ride today, and uh, you might have caught some of that conversation. <laughs> I'm a I, I kind of feel like I'm a former cyclist. I haven't even taken out my road bike this year at all. So <laughs> before we get going, and you can add to this if you want, Paul, I just want to give a bit of a disclaimer. We're going to be talking about people's health. Even though both of us have a bit of a health background, neither of us are doctors. So always consult a doctor before taking any of our, uh, we're not really, probably won't even really give advice. But if, if you decide to act on anything that we say, please consult with uh, a physician first. Do you want to add to that, Paul, or give a hear here? <laughs> I, I would absolutely give a hear here to that, and it's uh, it's important to have um, a frank discussion with you know a healthcare professional that uh, that knows you uh, certainly a lot longer than the, the few minutes we're going to be together. Yeah, I, I find with I have one friend especially who lost uh, eighty pounds on a program mostly through diet and exercise and he went off all meds and as he was doing that it was important for him to check back in with his doctor and I hear other stories like that too like things begin to change in your medication you would know about this you know people's I, I would and I would encourage people to actually go to the uh, either Canadian patient uh, CPSI, Canadian Patient Safety Institute, or the Institute for Safe Medicine Practices Canada, and they actually have a page called Five Questions to Ask About Your Medications, Rod. 
and people they're encouraged to take that with them every time they go to a visit with a healthcare professional because exactly as you identified as people's health improves they need to be continually reassessing the need for the doses of medication because they might have to be trimmed down to avoid drug related problems or eventually they may even be able to with the uh, advice from their physician and monitoring their health metrics to eventually come off of some of those medications. But it should be done in concert with physicians because when they look up drug profiles, they're seeing something that may be different than what is reality. So absolutely be in communication with your healthcare professional. Great. And then we'll put links in our show notes to those two things that you mentioned as well. So people can look those up later if they're listening on another, on another platform or listening on their, in their car or on their iPhone while they drive or commute. So I, I want to ask you two questions about just to bring out your own story. Let's start with your professional story. You, you started out as a, uh, as a pharmacist and then you, you finished as being a, what was it that you, you eventually did late in your career? You went around and looked at different hospitals to see that they were following the rules, kind of. What, what was that yes. what was called? So uh, <clears throat> the, uh, uh, when I was in pharmacy at, uh, in the 70s, um, my objectives were, <clears throat> pardon me, you know, to obviously graduate, but the, the program was such that, uh, you know, you had two tracks. You had community or you could go into hospital. But by the time hospital was open to me, the application for residency positions, the deadline had passed the year before. So uh, one of the courses I took in my last year as an elective was a course on nutrition, which I found fascinating. The Atkins diet was, was hot a hot topic back then, and I actually went on that program during the course of that, of that uh, study. And I remember there was one quote that came, that jumped off the page at me, and it was from a physician researcher down in Georgia somewhere. I can't remember whether it was Duke or somewhere, but he, he was well um, respected, and he said that all our problems, this is back in the, in the 70s, were related to our nutritional deficiencies. Mm. And I just remember that in the back of my head. And uh, so I took that course on nutrition, thought that was very interesting, and then basically went out and uh, being newly married and, and a broke student, we went out and we went into uh, community practice, and I knew that Basically, I ended up in a, in a clinic where upstairs there was five floors of physicians and I was in, you know, the, the, the drugstore in the bottom and we just banged out 500 to 600 prescriptions a day and uh, it was a factory. No chance to talk to people oh, yeah. about their medications. It, was, it, was, it reminded me of my days at McDonald's because there was three dispensing stations, Rod, and uh, there was one pharmacist and one technician at each station because no computers. It was all IBM typewriters. And then they would, uh, and they would be up on something and they would be almost behind a little bit of a partition. And they would have a little box where they would finish the prescription and they would say, one up. And then there was in front of us a, a, basically a counter with three tills on it and, 
and the clerk would take the prescription, call the person's name out, and they would come to the till, they would pay, and that they've gone. No consulting, no counseling, nothing. How did, how did you feel about that at the time? What, I, I knew after three weeks, this is not for me. Really? <laughs> you knew pretty quick, eh? Yeah. I knew right away. So, so the thing is, is I started looking and I ended up uh, going through, uh, you know, the, I, I went to a different community pharmacy. And then when I was there, I, I met a guy from the hospital who came to pick up some medications that they didn't have at the hospital. And he offered me a position part-time. So on my weekends off, I worked two days at the hospital, and and that was a totally different uh, scenario, and started uh, being able to have a uh, a discussion with physicians at the at the actual decision time when they were writing the prescription, hmm. and uh, and so then a position opened up down here in the Okanagan. I came down as a as a hospital, or then I went full time in the hospital. Mm-hmm. and got into that setting out of the community and then eventually we transferred down here to the Okanagan and when I came to the hospital in Kelowna there was basically four pharmacists four technicians and today in that same hospital there's in the pharmacy alone there's 200 staff mm-hmm. so wow. got in a little bit on the ground floor and and I uh, basically I I was, uh, I believe in lifelong learning and I attended in meetings. My, my really interest at the time was infectious disease. So I went to the big infectious disease meetings, a couple of those and, uh, and uh, it became, uh, introduced the pharmacy program to the intensive care unit and, and was, you know, so I was on rounds every morning with the physicians and the team in the intensive care unit for over 10 years. And then, you know, you see a lot of interesting things. I mean, I remember one nurse said, we had 12 beds in our intensive care unit. And she said, you know, Paul, if we took away alcohol and cigarette smoking and, and, and kids doing stupid things, he said, we'd only need two beds. <laughs> but all these lifestyle things that cause people, whether it was high-risk activities or our poor diet, our lack of exercise or whatever. But the thing is, is that, you know, we could see it in the intensive care unit. And the, um, the other thing that I'll mention is that we saw drug related problems. I remember coming in to rounds one morning and there was a a 17 year old and and uh, what happened is that she, she had a a stroke. How does that happen in a 17 year old? Right. It just, and, and, uh, this this is uh, one thing you had to look at. So in talking to the neurologist, we looked at her drug history. The only thing she had been on was the birth control pill, which is estrogen, which is which is basically causes clotting in, in some individuals. And her history showed that she had forgotten to take it and she, she doubled up on one on dose because she forgot it. And she did that twice within the last week. So peaking of the estrogen content caused her to have a clot uh, that caused basically total um, paralysis on her left side. She got out of bed in the morning. She woke up in the morning and and got to go out of bed and fell because she was totally paralyzed on the one side. Mm. Crawled to the bathroom, called her mother, and they admitted her. And uh, anyway, the, the, the thing is, she ended up in our intensive care unit and 
And, but she, it was a drug-related problem. We worked through it with a neurologist, and, and it was related to her doubling up of her dose of the, of obviously, the, the birth control pill, mm. which uh, estrogen is well known to cause clots and, and mm. has caused uh, significant drug-related problems. Uh, anyway, this was what, 17 years. So you see stuff like that, and you remember it. Mm. And that, that was one story that, that stuck with me because people don't understand that behind cancer, which is number one, heart disease, number two, and stroke is number, the, those are the top three causes of mortality. The fourth one is prescription medications. Yeah, wow. And yeah. So, uh, so that led to um, basically my involvement in, uh, you know, because it, when the hospital became regionalized, I. I was invited to a position outside the hospital, left the hospital. And for the last uh, few years, I worked on regionalization issues. So I wasn't at the bedside, but I was doing things like we had manual inventories in hospitals. So that led me into, you know, you, the idea is I met all hospitals and health authorities in Canada, get surveyed and have to be a receive accreditation and I met a hospital pharmacist who was a surveyor and he was surveying our hospital health authority and looking at and he called me in I was surprised you know what does he want with me and he said uh, I like what you're doing here he says you know you ought to become a surveyor and I said uh. but anyways he put the bug in my ear and then that led to me becoming a surveyor with Accreditation Canada for where for 10 years I, I went on survey assignments on my vacations to hospitals from Alberta to, to Nova Scotia, looking at whether they're following, you know, the standards that would allow them to be accredited for the next two, three or four or five years. And that was a real eye opener. So, so much of what you were doing was treating the sick <laughs> and like there's, how do we shift the mindset or when did your mind shift? Uh, mindset even shift to where you you thought there's got to be some preventative stuffs that we can do to avoid having people ending up sick <laughs> in the first place. Absolutely. So <laughs> what that shift took place was shortly after I graduated, uh, <clears throat> we had a couple health challenges, but one of them was we decided, you know, we're going to start a family. So Melanie, uh, my wife, you know, we we, you know, with her first pregnancy, she, she developed and unmasked a situation where her nutrition was certainly not at the top uh, where it should be. And she ended up being, you know, having morning sickness, afternoon sickness, evening sickness. She struggled like crazy. She, it was, she was, you know, to be, to be nauseated and, and vomiting to the point where I would bring home prenatal supplements from the uh, from the drugstore none of them worked she ended up trying injections of vitamins which did not work so she struggled through that first pregnancy pardon me and ended up with uh toxemia and ended up with a uh, many complications yeah. and we couldn't resolve them right mm -hmm. and so I was determined that this was not going to be something that was going to happen with, you know, baby number two. And it was along that line that we basically stumbled across 
the uh, Neutralite products. And I've been very skeptical. So the idea was, okay, let's give this a try. And sure enough, you know, during Melanie's pregnancy with our second child, what a difference. Uh, she said, should I be on prenatal supplements? I said, no, you're taking the, the Neutralite Double X. There's all kinds of things in there. We took a little bit extra folic acid for the neural tube thing, just as a precaution. And, but, but it was a night and day difference from one pregnancy to the next. Her blood pressure was well controlled. Her hemoglobin, which was in the, quote, toilet, if you will, in the first pregnancy was normal. And, and on the upper end of normal, on, on, on the, the Neutralite product. So that started the, the journey into looking into alternative things, but not just alternative things, but into looking at Neutralite itself. Here's a company that had been started in the 1934 and the whole idea about plant-based. So I started keeping a track of what that looked like. And and so I've been taking that product for over 40 years. And I, I think that it certainly has, has been very helpful. You know, the, uh, the, our two uh, kids that were transplanted were First Nations and, and, and Mert uh, was uh, such bad shape. He had, when he was admitted to hospital, he had, he was Kwashiorkor, which is a B deficiency and he had rickets. He was so bad malnourished that the his physician, his transplant physician, never thought he would survive, and much less survive the transplant. And he calls him his miracle baby because he said, these these two kids, Murtis and Jessica, are full-blown brother and sister, First Nations, the only two siblings who needed to have liver transplants. And he said, now they're the, they were you know, from very bad start. He says they're the, the most healthiest kids in his population. And he joked one day to us, because we had been going back and forth quite a bit. I actually, he actually asked to see what we had them on because we were slowly, just as you, we talked in the beginning, we would look at their medication profile because they started off with, as transplant recipients, lots of medication. And as their health improved, we were able to slowly get those things reassessed and slowly get them off medications that they didn't need anymore because their health was improving. Yeah. And I'll just wrap up the, those, that story by saying that they're now aged out uh, after 18. They saw their transplant physician for the last time. And he told me he's got a picture, a gra Mer Mert's graduation picture on his desk every day because he says that's he says it's a miracle mm -hmm. and he's now taller than his transplant physician which he thought was way cool <laughs> that's that's what we've seen in just those two kids who were coming from a very difficult i mean behind the eight ball start with neonatal hepatitis and requiring transplants yeah. and now you know to being very healthy and being in there. Both of them are in their early 20s going to school. And that uh, I, I would uh, attribute, they're still taking Neutralite uh, for their basic nutrition because our, our nutritional, I, I go back to that first quote where that 
that uh, expert said that all our problems are related to our nutritional deficiency. It certainly rings true that all our nutritional, all our problems, all our health challenges come back to the fact that, you know, we're not eating the necessary nutrition and new and block building blocks for healthy cells every single day. Mm-hmm. Paul, the internet's been uh, kind of going in and out. So I'll, I'll ha- I'll put this all together when we, when I edit it, but I think we might've missed what you uh, gave to the kids or what the kids took. And, and again, we're not prescribing, but what uh, supplements were you, were you giving to them? So with the, with the, uh, most of the kids that come through here, we just use the, I mean, Neutralite is the largest producer of children's supplements. And so we, we use a, uh, the chewable vitamin C, the uh, chewable multivitamin, and the uh, chewable uh, concentrates, you know, those, those three kids' chewable products. And uh, the omega-3s have you know, now been become available, uh, but we certainly didn't use a lot of those at that time because they weren't available. But those are the three that, that we basically put them on. So there was the, the concentrated fruits and vegetables for kids, the chewables, the, the, the chewable vitamin C, and the chewable multivitamin. That's great. You mentioned omega-3s. That's a great transition. Uh, both, both of us are really excited about omega-3s, as we talked about in our pre-interview conversation. Um, I, I heard a, a presentation by you. I, I was already uh, taking omega-3s, but I certainly have upped my dosage since I uh, heard you speak. And I also got the book that you referred to in your talk as well. So uh, yeah, just tell us a little bit about omega-3s and why you're so excited about them. Well, uh, it is, um, it answered a real question for me, Rod. You see, I, yes. So after taking this heart health test and realizing that my risk of heart disease or heart attack was higher than normal, fourfold higher, I, you know, I think that the Neutralite with all the plant concentrates has been a big, big help because we know that the Neutralite Double X that I've been taking, after just six weeks, it decreases DNA damage in dividing cells. So that's one thing. But the idea of, okay, what else can I do to protect against sudden cardiac death? Because what the literature shows is that, uh, I th- you know, so I, that's why I, I cycle and I exercise, because I think that's protective as well. But one of the things that was at the back of my mind, I cycled with a couple of guys that were very good athletes, um, even though they weren't, they were elite athletes, even though, uh, you know, one was an oral surgeon, one was a teacher. So they pushed their heart rate a lot in their athletic endeavors. And both of them are now have arrhythmias. Both of them have had ablation therapies done multiple times to keep their atrial fibrillation under control. And I cycle with, and Greg was saying to me, he said that atrial fibrillation is epidemic here in the Okanagan. Mm. And so I started thinking, because in the book that we referenced, the Omega Rx Zone, what I found out 
was he brought out a couple studies in the chapter on heart where the use of omega-3s absolutely prevented sudden cardiac death because one of the omega-3s, which is EPA, is good for heart and circulation, but it prevents electrical chaos in the heart. So a heart attack may start with a, a lesion that in the plumbing system where the, the, the obviously the blood can't get through, and then it kicks off uh, electrical chaos, which basically an arrhythmia, which stops the heart. So the interesting thing was that absolutely uh, the people that took the omegas had a, not only a decreased risk in one study by 70% of sudden cardiac death, but in one study they wiped it out by giving people one to two grams of omega-3s. Yeah. So I mentioned this to the guys I cycle with and uh, you know, they, they're in, you know, our medical system, you know, is, we have a huge infrastructure, medical system. But at the end of the day, a lot of it is when we don't have a good track record for chronic disease treatment. We treat the symptoms, but we don't change the outcome. And what I read in, in this book was that if you do use a sufficient amount of omega-3s, you can have an impact on things like heart disease, on things like cancer. And why is that? And it's because it works on uh, these super hormones called eicosanoids, which is uh, for another talk. But I had to look up a recent paper that was published just this year by Dr. Artemis Samopoulos and her, and her group. And she is the author of the Omega Diet. And one of the members of the Neutralite Scientific Advisory Board. And in this book, or this paper that was just published this year, they looked at athletes who were not taking supplements, but they were trained. And what they found out was the omega index, which is a measure of the omega-3s in the cells, that the, that the longer they ran every week, the more their, their, their training burden, the higher their burden was, the the lower their omega index was, which meant that the more intense training you had is it had a negative effect on the omega stores, the omega-3 stores in your body, to the point where they said that this omega-3 index could be used as a marker for athletes who may have an increased risk of sudden cardiac death. And the other thing they said was that they would recommend now, based on their work, that athletes should supplement with one to two grams of omega-3s every day just to prevent them from having heart rhythm disturbances similar to the fellows that I cycle with who are now, you know, taking medications to prevent their heart from going out of rhythm. And you mentioned, like just for even the general public, you mentioned that lion, I think it's called the lion study from 1999 or something like that. So I think that one really is great just for, in terms of the results for the general public. Like they, they went on a bit of a, a med, the, the one group went on a bit of a Mediterranean diet and they, and they supplemented with omega-3s. And then the other group kind of went on the typical 
diet that was the you know the typical food pyramid in the United States. Yeah, the American Heart Association uh, recommendation. Right, and the the uh, the group that went on the Mediterranean diet and took omega threes, they were the group that had seventy percent less heart. Seventy percent reduction of both fatal and non fatal heart attacks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and during the four years on the Mediterranean diet, those people know sudden cardiac death. Yeah. yeah. That, is, that really jumped off the page at me. And it, there's another study that, that had the same trend called the GC trial, same year. And they gave people a gram of pharmaceutical grade long chain omega-3s. And they had a 45% reduction in the risk of sudden fatal cardiac death. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not just the one study, but it's in fact, you know, a critical component for heart health. And I, I would encourage people to get the book because the, um, it's just got a whole chapter on not only the heart, but it's got one on the brain. If you want to be a better athlete, it's got certainly the, and the whole the whole, it's not theory to me, but the whole idea is, is that we now know why it works. And that's just not, it's because it affects chronic inflammation at the, at the cellular level. Mm -hmm. Just speak to this for a sec, because a lot of people, I mean, you hear this, it's a common argument, not just with omega-3s, but with other things too. There's people just say, well, I'll eat a better diet, which so few people do. <laughs> and they say that they'll get their vitamins and minerals through their food. And I mentioned this because I, I did have this exact conversation with someone and uh, he just said, well, I'll just eat more uh, sardines and anchovies and stuff like that. Uh, so I guess my question is why, why supplement? You've mentioned high dose uh, pharmaceutical grade omega-3s a couple times. Why, why, why take it in a supplement and not just try to get it through uh, your diet or eating more eat sushi every week? <laughs> I mean, and uh, certainly the thing that impressed me, Neutralite says, yeah, diet first. You know, there's no need to supplement a bad diet, you know, but the idea is, yes, work on getting real food into the diet. However, Dr. Sears argues the point that the reason why it's a omega-3s have come into the spotlight is because we're talking about high dose and we're talking about pharmaceutical grades. So, you know, to get to the doses that he, he's talking about in his book, like for instance, 25 grams for brain dysfunction, you know, Parkinson's and Alzheimer's, you, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to live on a fishing boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and, and the thing is, is that even then, as he says, he's got one chapter here on omega-3 supplementation. And he said, Basically that, you know, when you're looking at fish, they, you know, they're basically, you know, the sea is a little bit of a sewer, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and, and fish oil, uh, you know, with, to extract fish oil, the fish are boiled until the oil rises to the top of the vat. And not only, <laughs> unfortunately, the crude fish oil, uh, you know, as he said, represents the sewer of the sea since anything eaten previously by the fish that is water insoluble will become part of the rendered oil. And that includes toxins like PCBs, DDT, or inorganic mercury compounds. So this is a big problem. And this is why 
he says you will not find so you need high dose and you and you and you need pharmaceutical grade it has to it absolutely has to be refined to avoid poisoning ourselves with all these you know heavy metal compounds and all the things that are in the sea and and he says you won't find that pharmaceutical grade fish oil in a uh, health food store or uh, you know a drug store it's because the processing and the refining just does not make it price competitive hmm. interesting yeah i know i don't want to sound like an infomercial for neutralite we both you know full disclosure uh, take neutralite <laughs> and and uh, but I, one of the things that i love about the company i'm sure you lo- you love this too is that the just the scientific testing that all of their supplements go through and they, they know i tell people you know they know from farm to tablet they know they monitor every step of the way and do far more testing than they're even required to do so when you're getting omega-3 from neutralite you know that it, you're getting the really good high quality uh supplement don't you well that's that's exactly it rod and they were in the early 2000s they were part of a worldwide uh, project on identifying sustainability in omega-3s because in the the omega-3 supply and to make sure that the quality was going to be always there and the work they're doing in research is is outstanding and you know they've they've had awards for their research especially on you know the use uh, you know the impact on dna and i i i'm very impressed with i mean they've got uh, they've got uh, some very high well respected scientists on their advisory scientific advisory board but also in in what they're doing throughout you know and and i just can mention one name dr uh, ionides who's the you know the chair uh, carl renberg chair in stanford who's heading the well study that that they funded to the tunes of millions of dollars. So they're looking at wellness and not illness. Mm, that's excellent. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. Just as far as, just as we wrap things up, we are having some internet problems. So maybe we should just wrap it up here. But before we do, is there one or two things that you really want to share with people? Like if you had one thing to tell us, <laughs> a tip from all of your research and experience, uh, what would you like to share with us? Well, uh, the first thing I would like to tell people is that it's your health. It's not your doctor's health, the government's health, the healthcare system. It's your health, and you have to take care of yourself. That's the first thing. Take responsibility because your wellness is not your fish up to your physician. It's up to you. Yeah, that's great. Uh, you know, Paul, the story that I told off the top of my friend who got himself off of all of those medications that's absolutely what he did. You know, like his, his doctor wanted him to stay on medications for forever. And that wasn't good enough for him. And he just took things into his own hand and he, hands. And he hired a personal trainer. Uh, he takes our supplements and uh, totally turned his health around. And it's not on any medications now at all. So, but he did exactly what you said. He took his health into his own hands. And my second thing is, is that, you know, you know, you absolutely, if you don't have a flat stomach, you want to get a flat stomach, okay? Uh, because otherwise you're, you know, we all know where we store fat. And when you don't have, an, you're not at your ideal body weight, 
you're you're chronically inflamed because your 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 fat cells pull in lymphocytes that start producing IL1 like my DNA overproduces. So the idea is is that that becomes a, an organ that secretes inflammatory cytokines that counterbalance everything. So so that that's the second thing is is get down to an ideal body weight. And the and the last bit of advice I tell people is you want to you want to take in the nutrients that you need so that your cells can function optimally. And it'll take weeks. It's not a matter. It'll, it'll take basically consistency for a, every single day. And that's why you need to make these small little changes. And, and a couple of the small changes I would recommend is get on a supplement that has phytonutrients. And the only one around is, is Neutralite because they're the ones that have control from the soil to the supplement, over 500 quality control tests and they have phytonutrients in there. So that would be the first thing. Uh, the, the other thing is that's your good base supplement. You need high dose omega-3s and at least two and a half grams a day is what Dr. Sears recommends. People that want to get into better may go higher. You know, they may start with five grams a day and that's important. But the idea is you need omega-3s. It's probably the most important supplement you will ever take because it'll make up for our, quote, lifestyle sins that we have. So, and the last thing is, is people need to really give consideration about making sure they get enough protein, high quality protein, whether it be protein powder or amino acids, because you just look around and you see how people's health is deteriorating and how some of them can barely walk and how people are getting frail. And it's because they don't eat and consume one to one and a half grams per kilogram of protein. And I, I never was getting to that point either. And I'm finding now with being deliberate about getting, and I, I, I often start off the morning, you know, if you have toast, you need, where's the protein? I never used to have it. Now I get, uh, you know, use our protein powder, put it in, and, and that is a great, important thing that has to be done every day because protein and the amino acids from protein, which we didn't touch on, is how your immune system operates. Essential amino acids is the only macronutrient you need to survive, and it's the macronutrient that is important for functioning every single biochemical function in your body and in your brain and your liver and all of the organs is it requires essential amino acids which if you don't have a good muscle store because that's your storage for essential amino acids just like your bones are the storage for your calcium you have to have lean muscle to 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 provide essential amino acids so that's consistent. So in summary, I would take control of my health. And we talked about the blood tests. Get a lipid panel done and, and, and get your triglyceride HDL ratio. That'll allow you to provide objective evidence as to where you are from a wellness perspective. We didn't mention that, but that's in the book. And then, of course, 
part of taking charge is, is getting down to an ideal body weight through moving, whether it be walking, just simple walking or cycling, and being strategic about what you put in your mouth. Every two hours, you have to make a decision. Am I going to put the right thing in my mouth to fuel my cells and, and deal with the nutrient gaps by taking something like a good foundational supplement, a good healthy dose of omega-3s, and maybe even some protein supplementation. So those would be my tips. <laughs> good stuff. I, I'm glad you mentioned protein and amino acids because uh, that's critical. And that'll help you with your diet and your weight loss too, but we won't go into how all of that works. And I want to give a shout out to my friend Marge who actually sent me an article today on the importance of protein, especially as we, as we age. So yeah, thank you for, for mentioning that. And I'll send you uh, a, a couple things, Rod, that you might want to put links to, you know, because a lot of people say, well, I'll just go and get my, you know, fish oil, like one guy said to me from the over the counter and, or I'll go and get my supplements from uh, Walmart or Walgreens or whatever. Um, you know, I'll, I'll send you, uh, you know, a, an excellent article by somebody who wrote about how the quality of those supplements, not only do we know it's poor, but, but how, you know, the, the, certainly it's a, uh, it's an eye opening, uh, in bit of information about how most supplements are made by the pharmaceutical firms and they're made cheaply and, uh, and for heaven's sake, some of them don't even get digested and uh, we, we won't go there, but I'll, uh, I'll <laughs> say you can make, put links into your, uh, your present, your, basically your, your presentation with those the show notes. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. That's great. Good. Well, this has been excellent. Thank you for hanging in there with me, Paul, and putting up with the internet difficulties i don't know whose end it was on it doesn't really matter but we we soldiered on and we'll be able to um we'll be able to edit this people might even not even know what we're talking about when we finally put this out on as a podcast but yeah i really appreciate you joining me today on such short notice yeah we're just here to help people and this stuff can really help individuals i one thing i was thinking about paul just to go back to the problem as i was in a store in uh, white rock bc which is known as a real retirement area and you know people had just i was i was in a grocery store and so many people had i know this is anecdotal evidence but there was traffic jams in inside the store because of people's loss of mobility. You know, there was people on walkers, there was people just walking slow, there was people in carts, and it was just it was just a zoo in that store. I couldn't wait to get out. But at the same time, I felt really, I felt some compassion and felt sorry for people. And uh, was thinking about the things that you and I know because of what we've been exposed to, the teaching and, and the uh, excellent supplements that we, that we have. And I just thought, you know, I, and this is part of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast with you today is because all of that is, is preventative. I know people have accidents and that sort of thing, but most of that is, is preventative. And, and just by changing your nutrition and doing some of the things that Paul has said and talked about here today, you don't have to have that loss of, of mobility. So, and Paul, you're a great example. You're out there riding your bike. How far did you ride today? Uh, it was just under 50 kilometers. Yeah, great. Yeah, I try and get out a average an hour you know, a day. So at the end of the week, I like to be out between seven and 10 hours. And sometimes yeah. I do more than that. 
But I, uh, can I make a couple other comments, Raj? Sure, sure. <laughs> you, know, I, you mentioned about the mobility issue. I mean, we were at uh, our, our Costco the other day, and 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 it seems it seems that the more and more of the parking lot is getting is getting taken over by the uh, handicap parking. You know, and pretty soon the whole parking lot is going to be handicap parking, the way it's growing, and and so that's a reflection of certainly, you know, of people's poor health and and I just wanted to tell people that you do not want to be listening to what you see on television with regards to medication advertising you know so the idea is that don't go asking for drugs do everything you can to wean yourself off drugs for lifestyle whether it be sleeping pills or whatever people are taking these days they want my advice as a pharmacist is is that by doing what you're recommending on this podcast it is more powerful for bringing people's health back to where it should be than taking pharmaceuticals perpetually which i think is almost malpractice you do not get those drugs reassessed or the doctor says we'll leave well enough alone that to me is not right you need to be continually assessing things and if you're taking ownership of your health and doing things to get healthier you need to get those things reassessed with a view to eventually coming off them and you will be much happier for it good and paul do you want people to reach you is there a way that people can uh, get in touch with you if they have some more questions you know, my they can they can get through to me with uh, via my email. I think you've got that, Rod. And sure. you know, if they have any specific questions, I mean, I, I I'm I'm not here to to provide them with advice on medications, but if they have specific questions, I can certainly refer them on. Right. Excellent. Good. Well, again, thank you for your time, and uh, yeah, we'll 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 chat later. Thank you. Paul. Well, see you soon, Rod. Thank you for the opportunity. You take care. You've been listening to Fuel Radio.